This episode is brought to you by PayPal Honey. Honey is America's number one online shopping tool and I like to think of it as my online savings sidekick. Because it's finding me promo codes for things I'm already buying and websites I'm already using. It's amazing. Honey can find you discounts on 40,000 and more popular stores, which if you stop to think about it, that is a lot of coupons. Plus, Honey has 100,000 five-star reviews on Google. It's a name you can trust, and it's a lot easier than you think. Speaking of savings, I just saved 18% off my latest book, which as a bibliophile, I tend to get pretty excited when I buy my next read. But knowing I saved on it too gave me a little bit of an extra rush. Whenever I see that Honey tab in my browser, I know savings are just a click away. If you want to add Honey to your browser for free, you can go to joinhoney.com wizards and start enjoying some sweet, sweet savings. Folks at home, we have the lovely Haley Kiyoko who plays TV. What was it? Four episodes? You were not. I, I for some reason I thought you were in so much more than four. So what? What was it like? The the beginning of you being on there was it was it uh, was it an yeah. offer? Did you audition? And correct me if I'm wrong, but you were you were in a. I think I had just booked Velma for Scooby Doo for Cartoon Network at the time, and. For those who saw me as Stevie, I had my very specific haircut. So I had this very short, very Tegan and Sarah inspired pixie cut thing. And I had this like bleach blonde streak in the front. And it was so funny because like I was really focused on acting. I mean, I always wanted to do music, but like acting was like the opportunity that came to me first. And so I was really focused on that. And I remember that haircut was like almost like a pigeonhole where I'd go on auditions and people would be like, we just can't see outside of this look and this like very edgy haircut. And I was just like, gosh, I'm just never going to book anything being myself, looking like myself. And Wizards of Waverly Place was one of the first opportunities I had to be booked for what I looked like and what my hairstyle, like they didn't change my haircut. I remember having short hair being like, do women have short hair on Disney Channel at this time? Like it was a very like new thing. They try to put you in these boxes that, that we don't fit in. And one of my favorite things about you is you're one of those people that you there's not another one. You know what I mean? Like I don't know anyone else that is so you. And that's one of the most beautiful things about you. And it's so frustrating to me that you were ever put in position where what was so unique about you that they wanted to water down or change. So I'm at least glad that, you know, yeah. Wizards was a place where you were able to be so perfectly yourself. And I liked the fact that we had we had a character like Stevie who didn't look like a character that we'd seen before because we needed that. 100%. And you, you're, you're saying that you were nervous is interesting because obviously we're rewatching. So in anticipation yeah. of you coming here, I was rewatching and you seem so cool. Oh, you were so, so fucking chill. Bad. <laughs> and, and it I really was like, worked. who is this girl? She's so like self-realized. <laughs> she knows who she is. She's so fucking cool. I felt like such a nerd. By the That's way, awesome. I was telling Peter this. I was like, I, and I, I don't remember having this conversation with Peter, but I remember feeling like really insecure when Stevie came on because I was like, Harper's being replaced. And like, there's not this like really cool girl that's going to like be the friend now. And Harper's like being edged oh out. And like, I was, I like, I, I like, I guess I had conversations with him where I like felt like 
kind of mir- mirroring the show because yeah. I know Funny. like Harper like had moments where she was like, "Who's this Stevie person?" Right, right. There was but I guess in real life, Peter yeah. was saying like you kind of felt that a little bit. But yeah, no, I was like super nervous just because the show was very established. You all get so many guest stars all the time, and I think also at the time. I wasn't sure how many episodes it's, it's very like nerve wracking. Cause when you get like a guest star, it's like potential reoccurring or they give, you know, they hang these yeah. little dangles in front of you of like, you might be brought back. Yeah. Well, I was, I was just going to say, I was very grateful for Jen. Cause Jen was like one of the first people and both of you, but Jen specifically, I remember just making me feel so at ease. And it's hilarious to think that in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, my gosh, is this cool girl going to replace me? <laughs> but I was like, Jen <laughs> right. is so warm and just like really made me feel welcome. And, you know, it's my first time. It was my first experience doing a TV show. Like it was a lot of firsts for me. And as well, like you said earlier, when we were talking about my hair, like, I felt like most of my acting career was always trying to water down what I looked like, what I naturally wanted to wear. And so it was cool to to book a role that just kind of um, highlighted that or supported what I looked like. And it worked for the role that they were looking for for Stevie. When you were in a hard position, because it is hard to come in kind of it's 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 kind of this, this is a weird reference, but I'm full of them of this, like guess who's coming to dinner kind of feeling of this outsider coming into this, this place. It's a hard position to be in. So I can only imagine. And I, and I had been in that position before. And so I think that's why too, it's like, I knew what it felt like to come in of this like established thing where it's kind of this well-oiled machine at that point. And to be the outsider coming into that suck sometimes especially yeah. when like the main cast like doesn't make space for you that's a shitty feeling so i'm glad at least that hopefully everybody made you feel that way but i'm at least glad i yeah i'm glad it. to yeah. hear that too and you know i i did a, a show called saved by the bell the college year we know that show third rock this I man did, mentioned third rock as well but when when i got there I was super nervous and Mario Lopez was like, Hey, the bathroom's over there. This is craft service. Yeah. And if you want to come to lunch with us, you can. And I was like, Holy shit. They're being nice to me. This is great. It felt like high school all over again. Yeah. Yeah. It goes along the way. Yeah. People remember that forever. Right. And, and it can go full circle because then when you have a show or when you're, you know, at the, at the stage you're at in your career, you can then kind of guide other people into the, the niceness that is, you know, being being someone who's the the person in demand can be very nice to the other people or can be an asshole. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you're when you're on the other side, it's really nice to be there, you know, where, where people are helping you and guiding you through it. Did you had you not ever done a, a sitcom or a TV show for that matter at that point? I don't think I had. I think that was the very first TV show I had. Um, I had done one movie before, which was the Scooby Doo movie. I was nineteen at the time, and I, mm-hmm. I remember specifically. I turned nineteen. And I was like, I'm never going to play high school ever again. I was like, I have aged out. <laughs> Famous last And words. as soon as I said that, <laughs> obviously, I booked Wizards. And yeah, it was my very first TV show, and um, also like. I don't know. It was like you guys shot five days, right? You rehearsed like Monday and Tuesday or you did like read throughs on Monday and Tuesday and then had a rehearsal. And then it was like two or three days of shooting. Yeah. And like that, I didn't, that was all new for well, me as well. Like I didn't season. know 
like what the process yeah. was. I was like, this is all so fast. And like I said, like, and you guys all know, like you all were such a family. And so I think that I was just very grateful for both of you for your kindness and just making me feel very like welcome. And it's crazy because my, my character people loved and I really was only on four episodes. I was there for four weeks and that was it. But you made an impact. A massive impact. You made an yeah. impact because also too, like we, I keep bringing up Peter, but he was such an integral part of you coming on yes. the show. And he had, he, it was lovely because he talked about how, and, and, and please talk about it as much or as little as you want to touch on this because I don't mean to get too personal, but um, he talked about how like if it were a different time, you know, he wrote undertones into the show of kind of the Stalics relationship <laughs> and, 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 you know, would have loved to explore the fact that like Alex was experimenting and Alex was, you know, that kind of relationship. But obviously where Disney, Disney wasn't ready to explore like an openly gay relationship, unfortunately, at that time, they've later gone on to do so. But where were you at? Like, were you aware of those undertones? Were you playing to them? Where were you at? with your sexuality, you know, I don't know if you were out at that time. Like I said, talk about as yeah. much as you're comfortable No, with. I'm happy you to know, speak about it. I don't it. mean to but put that you on was, the spot. No, I'm happy to speak about I it. I was just going to say, when Peter told us about that, he was saying that was one of the big reasons. He, he said there was a rival to Alex, but he wanted there to be more of a connection between yeah. them. So I'm going to stop talking and let you <laughs> well, that's, well, that's fascinating to me because I, I haven't spoken to Peter in a very long time, but I all of this is new information to me. So I think I was just like <laughs> naturally very gay and maybe Peter picked up on that. And that was like the <laughs> deciding factor of like, Oh, she could be a really good Stevie. Um, no, I think like I booked the role and honestly, I, I had no notion or thoughts that this was, there was some kind of like undertone or underlying, like, you know, storyline that was going on when I rewatch the episodes I see that but when I was shooting that I saw your TikTok by the way <laughs> yeah. and was laughing so hard we were yeah. like Stevie you gay like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like when I was there I was like oh I've just been brought on to like intimidate Harper and blah 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 and then I get frozen and then when I when I rewatch the episodes I definitely feel that energy because I also like exuded that energy at the time you know I just I I don't know that was just always like a part of me and um I don't know you can't I don't know the lesbian energy was really thriving at that moment but I <laughs> I was I was in the closet to the public at that time so like 19 I was probably okay. out to people in my circle and in my life but um, you know, 2015, when I released Girls Like Girls, that was like my coming out, which was years later. So it was definitely, yeah. uh, it's funny to look back and it's really so much fun to hear the fans reactions to Stalics and the comments of just everyone just being like, this is so gay. And, um, I was just, <laughs> I was just a baby Haley in the closet at that time. Trying to hide it. And to be honest, that to be honest, I was scared yeah. because, you know, obviously Disney has progressed so much and the world is, you know, continuing to improve and move forward. But like at that time, I was like, oh, I don't want anyone to know that I'm gay because then I might not get the role yeah. or they might not bring me back or they might, you know, think it's threatening to the youth, which is LOL, because I knew I was a lesbian since I was five. But um, yeah. you know, so that there was a lot of 
layers to that, I think, as an actor. And, and when I found music and was able to start exploring that more, I was able to feel freer in my sexuality and getting to share that with people. Yeah. And you're you, Girls Like Girls is the title, right? I just want to make sure I yeah. get it right. Yeah, that was the music video like, I, I released if, in 2015. I, I, yeah, it was such a fun song and such a like what a beautiful way to come and such a celebratory way to come out you know publicly to people um and and I you're such like you're a triple threat dude like you can dance you can act you can sing so was it the acting love that came first you said just because that was the most available or what love that that hit first yeah what was the passion that came first the passion that came first uh was music I, th- I started writing music as a form of therapy, navigating being in the closet, knowing I had feelings for women at such a young age. Um, that was my outlet and my comfort to be able to just sing to myself and write poetry and like just express myself when I couldn't actually share that with friends or family. And so music was really the number one goal for me. And then I think I just left performing. I mean, all of you, we just love to create as artists and finding different mediums and platforms to express ourselves. And um, acting became an outlet for that for me. Uh, In middle school, I started doing commercials and my dream was to be like the shadow in an iPod commercial, just like dancing and like, just like, (laughs) like, (laughs) it was literally the dream. Like the eye shuffle, like I just wanted to be in the shadow dancing. That was like my dream. You just took me like you took me right there. <laughs> My dream was to be in a back to school commercial dancing in the aisles. And, and so I just really wanted to express myself and perform. And so luckily acting because music, I mean, acting is so hard. Every artistic endeavor is very challenging, but for some reason I found myself getting more opportunities in the acting space, specifically acting and doing music like I did the Lemonade Mouth movie for Disney and I was playing a musician. And so I found like ways to chase my dreams through the acting avenue. I love, I love playing roles. I love characters and I love challenges. So I think I'll always love acting, but music was always like, I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to just like sing and dance and perform and express myself in that way. And and acting was a really fun outlet for me. And, and it's something that I wasn't really expecting um, to become a big part of my journey. Yeah, It's interesting. You know, my brother worked with Johnny Depp on 21 Jump Street. He, he names name drops is what things. he's doing. But uh, Johnny didn't want to do acting. He went to the uh, yeah, he uh, wanted to be a musician. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street audition with a friend of his. And they were like, do you want to audition? And then he started, he just wanted to do music, you know, Yeah. was it? I mean, he's but, good but you, at you, acting. Obviously. You touch on like an excellent point of the fact that like, and I think we were talking about some of our mutual friends um, and I'm sh- every creative person, like there isn't really a limit. I think, I think there's some sort of like avenues that we naturally kind of gravitate towards or we find more opportunities in. But I think when you're a creative person, you're just creative. You just are, have this like, you're just compelled to make things. You just have to make things. It's like, and I always butcher this John Lennon quote, and I'm going to be very like pretentious about it and butchering it. 
But like this thing of like, you know, give me a tuba and I'll make you something out of it. And why he's Italian, I don't know. Wait, can you say Wait, it again? Wait, you Did you hear that? What did you, <laughs> give me a tube and I'll make something out of it? What no, did you say? It's like in The Departed. It's like this, this John Lennon quote where he, Jack Nicholson says it, which is why I'm doing that like mobster accent. Okay. There's a lot of layers yeah, to this quote. It's a John Lennon quote. There's a lot of layers to this quote. And I'm going to regret but making this reference. But say it again because I missed it. But it, it's John Lennon. He says like, give me a tuba and I'll make you something out of ah, it. Ah, okay, Something to that effect. Yeah. I, some gun, God, please look at But I love how you did it like this. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking it up. Like, Lord, God, I'm just going to crawl in a hole. No, I, I speak to the tuba line because I feel like that's been my whole, my whole journey's been one big tuba. Okay, Jen? It's been yeah. one <laughs> massive tuba. And I've tried to, yes. you know, because it's true. It's like, you know, I, I did, I wanted to do music and I didn't have that outlet and, I, you know, I didn't have TikTok at the time. And it was like, how do you reach people? We didn't have the internet the way we have it at that time. And so then I found acting and acting was an outlet. And, you know, I'm sure we'll go into it. But then I found directing and all these different mediums where when one, when I hit a wall, I, I turned left. And then when I hit a wall, I turned right. Because I just, as a being, as a human being, I have to express myself. And, you know, that's very inspiring to everybody. Even, you know, I'm a grown up. I'm, I, you know, I'm old, but no. it's inspiring because I loved how you said that you hit a wall and you went the other way. You went that way. You went, you kept going, you know? So a lot of times people hit a wall and they just give up, you know? And it's, it's really nice for, I was going to say the young people's, but the, the it's youths. really nice for the youths <laughs> that you're such a, a nice example of that. So uh, it's, you know, it's really important uh, uh, for, for people like, I'm going to say us to keep doing our creativity because then that's what helps other people sometimes, you know, like my, my dad made so many people happy and feel good yeah. and you and you are making people feel good, you know, and that's, that's a, a wonderful thing. Yeah. We were just talking about uh, earlier uh, about how like creativity breeds hope, you know what I mean? And how like in this, like it, it, it can feel difficult to find meaning in, in, you know, telling stories, whether it be through music or through, filmmaking and I, I think and, I, and I've come with that when I'm you know balancing like between nursing and acting I'm like you know what's the point sometimes of acting of like why does it mean something and for me it's like I've come to terms with the fact that I'm like being creative is about creating hope and create about creating connection and, and about about creating levity yeah I love like that. that's kind of the thing that I've come to terms with about it um but switching gears from that, um, so you, did you have a question? No, I, I just like, was going to say, like, if anybody comes up to you and is like, hey, what was it like being on Wizards or what was your memory or something? Is there a specific story that you go to with, with when you talk about Wizards? Well, I was very excited to be given a wand. I think I'm very, uh, I love items. I love tangible items and I love like little trophies yeah. and like things you can hold. And I remember when I received a wand on, on, I think it was the last episode, I was like, wow, I've made it. I got a wand. I was like, this is so <laughs> cool. So that was like, like a high, That's I would so definitely cool. think that was a highlight. Um, but also both of you and so many others, like on the cast and crew, like I had such a wonderful time um, with with you all and also getting to experience that first time being on a TV show. Like you only get one first and my first was with you all. So it was a really cool thing. Oh, that's and, so sweet. Um, honestly, like most of my interactions are just 
everyone telling me how gay I am, honestly, and as TV on TikTok and and comments like that. But people, a, a lot of people say that Stevie was their gay awakening. That's like I would say that's probably top top the top comment that I receive from the show. So that's if Peter was going know. for that, nice he got thing. it. Yeah, he got it yeah. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like I said, that's quite a compliment to you to awaken that in somebody. Thank you so much. I love to awaken. Any kind of awakening, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy to be an awakener. I love it. And you know, I have to say, I identify with the the wand situation because in the show, I never had a wand, but in the movie, uh, tell, uh, tell where, me about it. Oh, stop it! <laughs> so I I had um, uh, uh, I, I had a wand. I had magic. You know, you know. So it was it was fun to to be in that zone. Okay. I think that they did Stevie a little dirty with how she got turned into a statue and then like tipped over and like knocked into a million pieces. Yeah. There was like something that like they they were like, oh, no, she got put back together and she's off. Like, I don't know about that, but I think they did her a little dirty with how she like ended. How would you have liked to seen have seen Stevie? I think at the time, because like they had like a piece of me, you know, like a broke into a million pieces and there was like a piece. And so part of me like at that time was really hoping that maybe that that piece could bring me back at some point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But honestly. I really thought you were going to do a spinoff. I thought there was going to be a spinoff with oh, your character. Oh, stop it. That's, that would have been cool. Stop. But that's. That I, been, I that thought that was cool. going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I really thought that that, that was going to cool. be a thing. Yeah. I honestly loved having the dramatic, getting spray painted. I had to get my whole body like sprayed silver and like that was like really cool like you don't get to do that very often and and shatter into a million pieces so i was i was grateful how i went out you know it's like leave them wanting more you know we'll always want more it's a good thing enough fair enough leave it leave them with pieces of you yeah right yeah pieces of me (laughs) now you're going on on tour where's the where's the start where do you start i start in glasgow that's my first my first date April oh, 5th. Oh yeah. And uh so I do Europe all of April and then Europe and UK in April and then I do the US in May. Um but I'm very excited. It's been almost 5 years since my last headlining tour, which I don't know how that happens cuz I feel like I wake up every morning just like just overworking myself and like going, going, going. But it's been five years since I've done a full headlining tour and I had released my sophomore album Panorama last year. And so I'm just really excited to be back on the stage. I remember during the pandemic, I was just like, I just, I would love to have the opportunity to just be on stage and to perform for people again in person. And so to be able to have that opportunity again and to get to go with um, my band and my crew that are family to me, uh, is really exciting and to reconnect with fans. And so many people, like when I did my headlining tour in 2018, they called it 2018. And at that time, obviously that was about four years ago. (laughs) And so I have all these fans like four years later, like they've either graduated high school, they've graduated college, like four years is like a nice chunk of time. And so everyone's calling it the gay duation. So I'm very excited to, Get to yes. Yeah, that's again. great. Yeah. I love that. Gaituation of whatever you were going through at that time since I've seen you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but what is what is your favorite thing about tour? And what is the place you're most excited to go to? Well, my favorite thing about tour is the meet and greet. So really having that one-on-one, you know, conversations with people and getting, you know, because I think 
as artists, and especially because now we live on the internet, you just see comments and you're not really able to have that, you know, in-person face-to-face connection. And so to get to have that is beyond a gift. That's my favorite thing on tour. And then my favorite place to go to uh, it depends. I, t- I tend to rate cities by food, um, food <laughs> and um, the like loudness of audiences. So like I have some of the best shows in like Salt Lake City and Denver and Texas. And like there's certain cities that all artists know when you go on the road, they're going to show up and the show is going to be crazy, you know. So I always look forward to those cities and like I said, I, I tend to judge places by food because I'm a massive foodie and I love food. I'm excited to go to Europe because I haven't been to Europe, you know, pre since pre-pandemic, I think. And so it's going to be it's going to be cool. Do you get to enjoy the town? Do you get to I mean, is it like you land there, you perform, then you're in the in the, you know, going to the next thing? Or do you get a moment at all in the in the uh, uh, cities that you're performing in? The tier that I'm at in my life, I do not really get to uh, be there. Uh, I, I would say I probably get to enjoy the city for about two and a half hours. So my time to enjoy and explore the city is basically going for breakfast. So I'll wake up. I'm on a tour bus. You know, I'll wake up in a new city and I'll get to like find a cute breakfast spot and walk around and maybe get like a matcha. And then I basically have to get back to the bus and get glam and get ready for the meet and greets and the show and stuff like that. And then the bus leaves at two in the morning every night. So you get back on the bus at midnight and then the bus leaves at two and then you wake up in the new city. So, uh, but those two and a half hours are great. I'm I'm tired. I'm tired. Just hearing about it. (laughs) Shit, So after you're working and, and doing all that, you, 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 you do vacation though. You go and, and take time to yourself though. Right. I feel like, what I know of you, you don't take breaks well. Cause I remember mm. relating to you of that, of the fact that we're both workaholics and don't know how to stop very well. Is and that still true? It is still true, but I am different in the sense of I actively seek out breaks. So I used to just crash and burn and um, I've dealt with a lot of health issues that have really forced me to really find balance. And so I go hard. So I'll I'll work really hard and then I'll, and then I'll take like a week off and then I'll work really hard. And so I I just, I have to, cause like, you know, health is number one. And if you're, you don't have your health, you, you, you can't show up the way you want to in those demanding schedules and environments. So I've had that same kind of thing in my life where I worked, worked, worked until I crashed and burned. And it wasn't until I had health issues that where it was like I didn't have a choice and it was kind of a wake-up call of like you have to stop Mm -hmm. like you have to balance better because Mm -hmm. this this is it's not sustainable Mm -hmm. you know and so it but it's also too like I don't know how how you because I think it's kind of when you I'm not going to say lose certain health things but when you have health challenges come into your life I think there is a grieving process of the body that you previously had and your new body Mm -hmm. with that Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, I've come to terms with the fact that I'm like, okay, this is a blessing. I'm choosing to look at it like that because it's forced me to slow down and appreciate when it does work and appreciate, you know, that I'm not a machine. I have to stop, Yeah. you know, and, and it it just put things in perspective and I'm thankful for it for that. Mm -hmm. Even though, believe me, I 
it'd be nice to take a break sometimes <laughs> from yeah. having some of like the health bullshit. But like, but if, you know, if it had to come to that, so be it. You know what I mean? Totally. I mean, I've learned so much. And that's what's so exciting about this new headlining tour is, you know, I am a completely different person. When I was doing that tour in 2018, I had post-concussion syndrome. I was dealing with so many health issues. I couldn't show up for myself. I was really struggling. And now I feel like I know what food I can eat. I know how to take care of my gut. I know how to take care of my mental health. I know how to, what I, what are the resources I need to be able to show up for myself and for other people. And so getting the opportunity to exercise those tools in a way that really beat me down last time, last round um, is exciting, is really exciting to apply that knowledge um, because when you're able to show up and work hard and get to enjoy it, that is the key. And I, at, at the time I was, had so many health issues, I couldn't enjoy anything because I just was trying to get to the next day. And so to have those, those moments of, wow, my body's showing up for myself, my shoulders working, my gut, you know, all these things like that is like a win to be able to do that and to even be able to creatively express yourself. Like how cool. And sometimes they don't work together harmoniously. Sometimes it's one or the other and that's how life works. Yeah. It's so important to take care of yourself. You know, the, 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 uh, when the plane is going down, you put the, <laughs> o- the oxygen mask on you, then you take care of someone yeah. else. If you're not taking care of yourself, then you can't be there for others. If you're not taking care of yourself, you can't bring all these people joy. In but your also life. spot on on the, Oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, that's why I said, do you take a vacation for yourself? Because I've my whole life, my, my kids are older now, but my whole life I've been just working to work and provide and work. And now I'm like, now I'm like, I want to enjoy my life. Yeah. And, uh, uh, for a little while, uh, my wife and I uh, pre pandemic were traveling everywhere all around you Europe. guys were all you guys I were mean, Carmen to the point where a lot of my friends were like uh so nice to go to Italy and I'm like isn't that why we're doing yeah. this yeah. so that we can enjoy ourselves you know yeah. so that we can have a good time so I, I I it took me a little while but I I did learn that you have to take care of yourself mm-hmm. so that you can be there for others you you hit it spot on of like that's where you can actually enjoy these things that's where you can find the joy in what you love because when you're beating the shit out of yourself and when you're just like, you know, running on fumes, you can't enjoy anything. Like you, you, you can be in the middle of doing the thing that you love the most and you can't enjoy it because you're just trying to survive. So I'm so I'm going to I'm going to say I'm so fucking excited for you that you get to actually like have this this skill set and these like this these tools to actually get to really thrive in an environment that you're born for. Hey, you know? It feels so good when good things happen to good people. You know, that that's the best. Yeah. I don't know why I'm never going to answer this question, but sometimes assholes get a lot of good things that happen in their they life. They do. And it's not, sometimes you know, so assholes it's win really, too. It's, it's tough. It's tough. That's true. <laughs> but you know, I think it, whether it bounces in this life or the next <clears throat> one, I think it bounces out. You know, I have to believe that. Otherwise I'll go crazy. Okay. Well, yes, I, I believe that. You they know, come back as somebody's asshole in yes. the next one. Okay. Hey, so <laughs> we do know. a little thing here where we use our magic. To our crystal ball. This you is have your wand. wand. Just bear, bear with us. Okay. Bear and, with us. And we're going to ask 
<laughs> We're going to ask a question. There, I'm going to let Jen okay. read the was question. Was that like with a bird beautiful. sound? What was that? It was like a bird tweet with no, the wand? It's, it's the ball. <laughs> what, <laughs> is that? what sound the is wand. that? This so was, this is. This was. Tell me about is, the sound uh, design uh, Selena's here. wand from the show. Oh, it is. Okay, you yeah. ready? You ready? Yeah. Here we go. Wow. Wow. There's, there's multiple bird multiple sounds. Multiple settings. It, it's like. This Jen hates it. Too. I hate it so much. It, so this was it. this was Disney's. This was some of our few like wizards merch that we had, and it's this plastic version of Selena's wand, and it makes all of these like. Yeah, and you know what sounds. I realized, and I'm just going to say this because I realized that our television show really yeah. ultimately was a commercial to sell all the merchandise. The wands. You know, Welcome like to one- television in general. Is that what uh, okay, but I didn't. I didn't really <laughs> put it together. Disney. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, question okay, coming okay. at you. All right, okay. coming back, Crystal Ball. Circle. If okay. I can. Okay, I'm going to ask this one, but this. So these some of the, these are from the fans. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I didn't but, know what was going on here. Great. Yes. So these are from the fans. Okay. Yeah, so these did not come from us. I'm just going to say that. Oh, no. um, if you went to Hogwarts, <laughs> what house would you be in? I actually have taken the uh, professional test. Oh, the hat thing? I did. I don't know. I did okay, one of those like that's... tests online, you know, and then they tell you, I am a, I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a part of Ravenclaw. Oh, yeah. oh okay. I could nice. see it. Yeah, I could see it. I'm not a big Harry Potter. Fan. Oh I'm my a total gosh! Big really? Harry Potter, Are you talking? I, yeah. I love Harry Potter. It's the magic. It's the world of Harry Potter. There's magic. so many cool things. I know. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I That's know. Okay, but I so, know I'm on the show that was like Disney spinoff of Harry Potter. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't know. But know. wait a minute. So where where is this test? You took like a you, I don't know, you put like, in. You know, I know this Google, test though. It's like yeah, an official Google, on like, the Harry Potter website, how, right? Yeah. Like, who are you? And then it, like you do answer like, what's your favorite color? What did you eat for breakfast? And then they're like Ravenclaw or Slytherin, you know? It's very legit. I love it. We're like, let's bring Haley on so she can tell us what. (laughs) Well, because, you know, you you, you can go to, uh, what is it? Is it Universal Studios where you can go and you can actually make your own one? They they do like a wand thing. I think this is more accurate. Yeah. I think this is more accurate because I think this, they actually learn about you. That, they just have some dude who's like at his job going, uh, Hufflepuff. Got it. So Jen grabbed. I grabbed a question. Okay. Another question. Oh, oh, okay. This is the first option. Did you get to keep a prop from set? If so, what did you choose? Or what did you spend your first paycheck on? I'm going to answer the second question because I did not get to keep anything because Disney keeps everything. (laughs) Disney. You should have just taken it like yeah. we did. I know, but I wasn't, okay. you know. But what did you? Yeah, I couldn't be stealing I things know, on week know. four, you know. Um, <laughs> that's that's fair. Like I said, we were kind of in a different yeah, position. Yeah, y'all were like. You know, you, if you wanted that piece of you to come back. But you son know. of a bitch, you could have held on to that wand. Like, where the fuck I is know, that wand? It meant, wand? It meant a lot to you. It's sitting in some dust I was I was house. hoping you were going to tell me that you held on to the wand. I was really I, like I think I said like I think I'm like a like a goody two-shoe in real life. And so like, I think I probably asked and then they probably said no. And then I was like, oh, okay. And then most people were out of like, why would I take it anyways? I'm just a, a rule follower, unfortunately. <laughs> well, good for um, you for being being a good, honest person. I you. appreciate that. It wasn't my very first paycheck, but I would say it was maybe like my second paycheck. And I have a very vivid memory. So I had auditioned for a Kmart commercial and it was a back to school. I had to play bass. I didn't know how to play bass. I 
Um, had my parents buy me a base at Guitar Center. They had a 30-day return policy, and then we returned it after the audition. Nice. And uh, the, yeah. the, the bet was is if I booked the commercial that I got to keep the base. And it was like $100 or something. But I booked the commercial. Yeah. And we played, we're the kids in America. Oh, wow. <laughs> I got oh, to wow. keep the yes. bass. And the bass is somewhere in my home, hanging back here. It's a red, I, hey. it's a red Ibanez left-handed bass. And that was like one of my very yes. first purchases that uh, I got to, to, to buy for myself with my own money. That is so I cool. I love that. So not only did you get to be in a back-to-school commercial. Which you really wanted to. Really wanted was to on a, my on career ended years ago, you guys. <laughs> you guys I already hit the, the top. That was it. That was it. <laughs> You're like, I hit all the markers. <laughs> yes. We need new markers. Yeah. I, I have to say, on the, uh, t- I'm answering that question, too. I no. bought, uh, uh, I, I said if I ever had enough money that it was coming out of my nose, which not really doesn't really happen with Disney, but there was enough dribbling out okay. that I bought. Um, a Pac-Man Galaga machine. You still have it? Oh I God. still have yes. it, and I play it all the time. That's I love so it. It cool. gives me such pleasure. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So I'm. What did you get? Did you oh, get yeah, something? So you guys have such good stories. Mine's so like lame and like like capitalistic materialistic. What'd you get? What'd you, you got get? a condo. That that well, was good. But that was a smart. That was a smart. That was a very investment. smart investment. Um, yes. no, my I used to be really into like. This is so, I'm so lame. <laughs> I used to be really into purses. And so I bought myself like a Chanel purse that wow. I had. That's great. It's, these are such That's great not stories. Lame. That is like, I bought a bag. Nice. But here's like, the thing. I go through my house yeah. now and I say, have I used this in two years? And does it bring me pleasure? Like this is a cup that my wife gave me. Uh, and there's a whole elephant theme in our, in our relationship. But <laughs> if it doesn't give me pleasure, then I get rid of See, it. But, but that gives you pleasure. Well, so that's here's good. The thing is, at the time, it did. Now, now to me, like, I don't know what clicked in my brain. I guess I just got older or something. Because, like, purses I used to really love. Now I'm just like, it's a bag. It holds my shit. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I just, it doesn't mean as much to me anymore. That bag in particular is special because of what it's associated with. Of course. But in general, I'm like, purses aren't as special as right. like an instrument or like, you know, a video game machine that was like a mile. Well, don't beat yourself up. I, I feel like you gave me. yourself a very materialistic, awesome gift and you deserved it. So it's something you wanted <laughs> yes. and you have it. And it's like, <laughs> that's pretty epic. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I only flog myself a little these days. I've gotten better. at it. <laughs> that's so funny. Now you said you're, st- you, you, you're still wanting to do uh, acting as well, yeah? No, yeah, of course. I think for me with music about like four or five years ago, I had to just like really commit and just like go all in. And so it was just uh, it was just all or nothing. So I, I just fully committed to the music. And now um, I'm definitely open to, to finding the next role. I would love to play a lesbian. I haven't played a lesbian yet, so that would be fun. Um, so yeah, I'm just looking for the right, uh, opportunity and something that excites me and challenges me. I think like with my music career, well, that's yeah. going to happen for sure. I can, <laughs> I can tell you right now that's going to happen Thank it, you. It, for it should, sure, yeah, but it should, it's like, there's so many, like you need to be back on screen <laughs> as you. an actor, you know, 
representing and telling stories and things yeah. like that. Like, I love what you're doing with music and I love that you're telling stories that way, but I just want to see you back on screen as an actor as well. So it's going to happen. Yeah. I'm putting it out there. Yes, we're we're, it's it going to happen. It Bing. will happen. It, magic. Yes. <laughs> but but here, I want to ask this too. You said directing. Do, have you, I'm sorry that I don't know, but did you direct some music music videos? Have you, uh, what, what directing did you do and what did you learn about yourself when you were directing uh when we spoke about girls like girls in 2015 so that was the first video that i directed um i started directing out of necessity because they take tw- uh, directors take like 20 percent of the budget and if you only have five thousand dollars to shoot a video that's like a lot of money and so i started directing because i had to and i couldn't afford to get directors for my videos and so i have directed every video of my music videos since 2015 uh, I've directed about 12 videos and um, directing has been a really amazing relationship for me because I feel like that is what I've always done. And it is the ultimate storytelling, uh, I don't know, tool for me and, and way to express myself because I'm able to write the music and I'm, be, I'm able to tell the story and I'm, it's just like the, the highest tier for me to fully realize my my full vision and what I imagine in my mind and to be able to share that with people. And I think for me, again, at the beginning of my career directing, I realized by sharing my truth and my experiences and my stories, I was igniting hope and I was finding communities and I was able to bring people together through sharing things that were really scary for me at that time. And so that is something that I've continued to do throughout my musical journey and career is, is to direct music videos. And I'm now focused on directing TV and directing features. And I think it's, it's pretty, and I also have a book of girls like girls, which is coming out May 30th, which has been like the craziest journey of my life. I, when I did that music video on the song, the the reaction to it was just like explosive. And I, I always wanted to expand that story and tell more of that story because all of that came from a, a love and heartbreak that I experienced in high school. And so I've been working on that for seven years, building out the world of Girls Like Girls. And so now I have a YA romance novel called Girls Like Girls that I wrote that um, is coming out May 30th, which is like... So crazy to That's think amazing. that that came from a song, came from just this this one song and yeah. this one moment in my life of sharing my queerness with the world. Congratulations on being awesome. Well, it's so indicative of just how you truly are an artist through and through and were the coolest and still are the coolest. <laughs> and it's just an inherent part of your being. And, and I know like it just is. You can't get Thank away you. from it. You're just cool as shit, Haley. I'm going to say something so cheesy. Oh. You are very magical. Oh, my God. And you are very you. magical. You- and and you're very sweet and very cheesy. You're like a mozzarella <laughs> stick. That's what I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, Haley, we love you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time amongst your busy schedule with perfumes and music and acting and directing and tours and you're just a yeah, crazy thank woman. You for so hopefully being a vacation here. after tour is going to happen. We really appreciate it. And you you be safe out there in the world, okay? Thank you, you too. Thank you both so much for doing this. I'm sure everyone's just loving these episodes. So thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of the Wizards fam and podcast and it's so wonderful to reconnect with both of you. And um I wish you both 
a wonderful week. And thank you, everyone listening today. This was so much fun. I love you all very much. Bye, Haley. We heart you. <laughs> thank you so much for watching this episode of Wizards of Waverly Pod. And if you want to watch clips from the pod, then go to Podco YouTube channel. The link is in the description. Oh, and if you want to join our Patreon, the link is in the description for that too. You get exclusive weekly bonus content. Exclusive. All right, see you next week.